hey, to all my female baggage droppers out there, I have a question for you. Do you like gold or silver? Well, at Brienne and Company Jewelry Store, you can find anything that you like. That's right. Brienne and Company is a jewelry boutique that has durable minimalist jewelry. She uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, and of course, precious metals. And these are all quality handcrafted designs by Brienne Light herself. Go and visit her at her website, brienneandco.com, or go to her Instagram that's always popping, at Brienne and Company. Thanks, Brienne. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can give you hope, and teach you a technique that can help you cope. Today, we have an outstanding guest right here, and I know I say that all the time, but Augie T is a straight up G. But first, I want to ask all you guys, if you're on the Facebook or YouTube platform, please consider uh, hitting the like and subscribe button. And if you're on a podcast platform, give a brother five stars and also give me some feedback. Now, Augie T right here is the man. He is a former award-winning comedian. He's been on multiple TV shows, commercials, and movies. However, in 2019, he pivoted to politics. Last November, he was elected to represent District 9 of the Honolulu City Council. He loves giving back to the community that has supported him so much throughout his career. You can also listen to Augie all the time on the radio at Shaka 96.7. And he is also, most importantly, a devoted husband and the father of five wonderful children. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Augie T. What's up, Dude, that had to be like the best introduction I've had in a long time. You know, a lot of times, you know, people, they just go on Wikipedia and they just start, and I go, did I do all of that? Like, you know, that was straightforward to the point. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much for the introduction, Charles. I appreciate it, man. Man, I appreciate you and your time. Thank you so much. And just, Augie, for those out there who just don't know who you are, for the few people that don't know who you are, please tell us more about you besides what I told you, what I told them already. Thank you so much for that question. Yeah, no, I, I grew up uh, uh, in Kalihi Valley, the foothills of Kalihi Valley on Oahu. Mm-hmm. Oahu is, in case you, you're watching this on the mainland or, you know, on some amazing continent. Uh, you know, it's one of seven islands in the Hawaiian chain. Uh, it happens to be with business and a lot of things. It's the 13th, believe it or not, largest city per capita. We, yeah, we, we, we don't live in grass shacks. You know, uh, we, we have a very thriving economy and uh, it's, it's a big city. So I grew up in the foothills of Kalihi Valley. Uh, I grew up in uh, low-income housing. Um, I loved it there. Uh, I, I have I have five brothers. I am the the second. Uh, I have a stepbrother that's older than me. That's older than me. I'm the oldest of uh, four other brothers. Uh, my 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 dad is originally from Maui. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandma and grandpa came from the Philippines in 1916. Wow. Uh, my mom is uh, Portuguese and her grandparents came from Portugal you know, a long, long time ago. Wow. And, uh, you know, and, you know, we I, I've lived here all my life. Uh, like you said, I have five ch- children. Uh, 
I've been with my beautiful wife Kim for almost 20 years now. 20 years. Hey, yeah. shout out yeah. to Kim and you, man. Yeah, That's man. a long and, time. Good job. Yeah, and uh, you know, we live in Ever Beach right now. Uh, and like you said, I uh I decided <laughs> in 2019 <laughs> to like really step outside the box and do something that was yeah, so out of the box. Uh I felt, you know, my my daughter. My hell, the youngest of the five, mm-hmm. you know, runs a nonprofit called Brave. Brave is an acronym to be respectful and value everyone. And uh, she uh, was bullied. So as we went around and did stuff in schools and I worked for different uh, um, public servants, like I worked for the mayor on the Big Island for two years, Mayor Billy Kinoy. Then I worked with Lieutenant Governor Shan Setsui. I, I started like really getting interest in helping the community, you know, for almost 30 years, I look at life. I always look at comedy as like, you know, we're, 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 we are reflections of society. We say the things that you like say, and uh, we say it, we yeah. say it because, you know, I was getting hard to do that mm-hmm. because, you know, I grew up poor but as I went around at different schools and, you know, different islands, I saw so much need. And I just thought, like, you know, maybe I can use my uh, little influence that I have here in Hawaii as an entertainer uh, to maybe try to make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody was like, well, you know, this, you know, you have name recognition. It's a lot easier, but it's a, everything you do is a double-edged sword, you know, uh, and I got criticized he's just a comedian you know he didn't go to college you know uh but i'm a student of life just like you charles you know Mm -hmm. what i mean i uh i've gone through so many challenging experience and uh i've talked to so many different people i've been in front of so many different kinds of audience you know and i just felt like you know what uh I was going to go for it, you know, despite all the criticisms and uh, probably one of the best things I've done. Um, someone told me that, you know, this job is only part time, but I work every single day <laughs> and it's not the best pay. This is, in fact, <laughs> the most, this is the lowest paying job I've ever had the last 20 years. Like this does not pay nothing. <laughs> People criticize and they say, I go, you know what you should do? Instead of criticizing me on social media, you should go run for office. <laughs> do it. In fact, run against me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take my job, please. <laughs> Take my job. Oh my gosh. The So you were talking about how you came from humble beginnings and how you loved living in like that, that project housing or, you know, that low income housing. T- tell us, like, what did you love about it? And what did you learn from it? First off, you know, when I when I when I go to um, underprivileged areas here as a city councilman, in my mind, I'm going, how do I clean up the place? So I grew up poor. But because the people in my neighborhood took care of the area. Never felt poor. Yeah. I realized I was poor later on as I got older in school when I went, how come my coin looked different from everybody else's coin? <laughs> we, had, we had the tokens, you know, uh, 
And then, you know, then I discovered girls and I was like, uh, I cannot ask them to go out because I don't have any money. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the people in my neighborhood, uh, they took care of each other. Yeah. Did I see the fights? Did I see some of the stupidity that went on? Yeah, I did. But like, it was a home. You know what I mean? And uh, I tried my best to find, you know, different public and private to come in and see what we can do because most kids don't know, they, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why it's disheartening. You know, when you see the homeless, when I was growing up, there's only one homeless in my neighborhood and we all knew the guy. And now there's 200 of them. Yeah. And you know, how come this is getting worse when we're supposed to be making life and society better? And that's mm -hmm. why, like for me, uh, It's 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 been awesome, like trying to find solutions. You know, um, you know, I I I appreciate government, and you know, I grew up on government. I and I knew that government was giving me a hand up and not a handout. Mm -hmm. I think early on I understood that, and that you know, this is only temporary. And if you work hard and um, you listen, you know, good things come to you. So. You know, I always tell people like, you know, my older brother, career criminal. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother below me was one of the first casualties of Krista Met in Hawaii, shot himself. We all lived in the same home. We all heard the same rules. We all had the same discipline, except we all decided what kind of route we was going to take. And, you know, for me, I'm, I was very blessed that I got into sports early mm -hmm. and I had teachers that looked me in the eye and told me they care about me. And that was even hard to even hear because that's what you want from your parents. That's what you, you need that love from your, never got that, you know, it was yeah. just kind of, you know, uh, my dad was a pretty uh, miserable guy. I love him to death, but you know, he was just not a happy guy. And, You know, my mom just kind of went around, went and did whatever my dad said. So, you know, when teachers and, and mentors and coaches, you know, uh, when they said things like, I believe in you. And, and if you work hard, it meant something to me, mm -hmm. you know, so I was lucky. I, you know, I, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very blessed. I could have easily, you know, fall and and take taking the easy street you know and that, this doesn't mean that I'm a better person than you it's just you know we we make choices and i'm i'm thankful that i did that route it was difficult but i'm thankful now as an adult you know like i like i said you know in our earlier conversations you know like i've become more empathetic mm -hmm. you know as a as i'm getting older you know so Yeah, man. I when I say I enjoyed growing up in public housing, it didn't feel like public housing. It felt like one big family, uh, and it felt like you know if you needed sugar, you just walk down, knock on the door. My mom don't have sugar. Get some sugar. You know, you smell food. You know, you're hungry. He knock on the door. People, you know, they fed you, and yeah. they also they also disciplined you too. That's the difference. Oh man, if Bruh. I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got liquors, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I got I got yelled at by the neighbor. Then I got mm-hmm. leakage from my dad because, you know, back then, you know, parents, you know, I, I don't know. I, I look at neighborhoods and I go, why don't we, you know, are we having like amazing conversations with each other? You know, I, I think we we've uh, with coronavirus, with COVID and, you know, we're like fireworks. We I think we we've become a society that loves to like squeal. So we're not talking to our neighbors anymore. We're not cutting their grass. You know, instead, we're like, why are you parking my stall? Or, you know, we're turning into each other instead of like, you know, how do we how do we rally around as a community to make this strong instead of pointing fingers and 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 turning on each other? So anyway, nah, that's- but but like <clears throat> people invested in you so much and the difference between you and a lot of other people that lived in your circumstances and in my circumstances, I was also brought up in, in project housing. Uh, and like you said, it, it was fun to me. I, at one time I lived in an apartment, a three bedroom apartment with 13 people. <laughs> right. Like I'm talking, but we, I loved it though. Like having the family in such close proximity was amazing to me. You know what I mean? Like being like being so close with all my cousins, it was outstanding. Yeah, and we didn't. We might not have had it all, but we had all that we needed. That's you know right. I mean? and, and like you said, as far as the community is concerned, everybody looked out for me. Like they used to call me Charlie. Everybody looked out for Charlie and like all around the hood. And, you know, like you said, if I messed up somewhere, I would definitely get a talking to. Yeah. And depending on how close they were to my family, I might get a spanking as well. And then got home and got another. Will you feel me? So, yeah. I mean, so like that that type of situation, though, it also breeds a bit of that. A, a bit of distractions. You know, there's a there's a devil at every level. And at that lowest level, I mean, it's strong down there. Yeah. But what you did and also what I did is we listened to those teachers and we saw a bit of hope. But also you said that you had coaches as well that that like really invested into you. So sports was your way out to get away from your surroundings, too. Yeah. So I uh, I started boxing at around 11 years old and uh, that changed my life. It taught me a ton of discipline. And then I had a boxing coach that, you know, really invested and took the time to like work with me and. You know, he became like my second dad. And, you know, uh, uh, I've, I fought in the police activities league and there are police officers that was encouraging. And uh, so there are a lot of great mentors, you know, uh, never see eye to eye on a lot of things, but I got it. Mm-hmm. I understood why they were there. I understood that, you know, if you went into the gym earlier than anybody else and you left last that you would get ahead. And mm. that's kind of, for me, was that I think my first trip to the mainland, uh, boxing on the mainland changed my life because I realized like there's so much more than just, you know, this small island. You know, when I went to Los Angeles, I was like, oh my <laughs> goodness, you know, and you know, your life changed. And then, you know, my coming back, my boxing coach said, you know, you keep working hard you can go farther and you can see things that you only see in books. And that's what happened for me. I just, you know, uh, I won the golden gloves in Hawaii at 16. 
and I got to travel, man. I got to, you know what I mean? I got to, I got to see and feel things that most, you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds uh, dream about, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was, I was lucky, Charlie. I was like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lucky guy, you know? And you saw how, you know, my, I saw how my dad's perception and like who I might be able to become changed you mm -hmm. know? became very protective make sure you go to the gym make sure you drain hard wow. you know uh, so it was awesome it changed the whole demographics of like you know uh that maybe just maybe somebody in our family get a chance to do something cool mm. you know, and you know it's so awesome you know you if you saw or watched any of my live dvds my dad and my mom came to every show you know my mom and dad came to every fight i think they only missed maybe two fights here mm. and a couple on the mainland because we could they couldn't afford to go but like you know i i understood my value <laughs> wow yeah what really i understood like ooh, this might be a way out to help my family yeah. you know what I mean and you hear the stories it's, you know and my story is not different like everybody else it's just you realize like you could be the one that changes your family tree like I look back now at my family tree I like you know which grandparent messed up because you know, <laughs> I'm at that age where my friends are my friends parents are dying and then inheriting all this money like <laughs> you know like, hey what he goes, yeah I'm like yeah, my, my grandpa died and left me. Like, so I, I go back and look at my family tree and I go, which one of these guys messed it up? You know? <laughs> so hopefully I can be that grandparent that did something cool so that, you know, my 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 grandchildren, my great-grandchildren will look back and go, thanks, Grandpa Augie. Yeah. In the family tree. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey That's right. That's right. You producing fruit over here. You producing <laughs> fruit on that tree. Hey, I love it. So like, I, all right. So you are this beacon of hope for your family. You know what I mean? Like you're the one that is supposed to make it out. You know what I mean? You got a shot. You got a shot. So then, all right. So 16, you win the Golden Gloves. And then what? Like you graduate. It's not, yeah, no, I discovered girls. I discovered girls and I and I, I made my girlfriend pregnant mm -hmm. and then it all stopped. Everything stopped. My dad mm -hmm. was like, I ain't taking care of your kid. You know, you gotta go work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and mind you, my dad and my mom was so my son is three years younger than my youngest brother. Mm. My dad's Filipino and he'll keep going until he cannot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so he's like, I ain't taking care of your kid. That's your job. So that 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 dreams of you know, and you know, I got a college scholarship to go box in Michigan. Uh, that all stopped because my dad was like, Dude, you gotta go work. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I started working at Jack in a Box, and then I realized this little money that I'm making is not going to be enough to one taking my son mm -hmm. who I felt like needed to carry my name, you know, cause at that time, uh, 
my girlfriend could have easily gone on welfare and she the, the, the baby would carry his name her name and you know get and I just felt like nah because that's the same route that's that same route um you know luckily uh I'm ambitious <laughs> so I kind of looked in the newspaper one you know and I saw food service worker Kapiolani Medical Center and you know one of the things they did in high school was they taught you how to apply for jobs and you know they taught you how to dress mm-hmm. how to you know be ambitious when you go and apply for a job and because i boxed all through the summer um i had i went you know well during school time i had you know i did summer school so i got my credit so i was able to leave half day you know my my junior and my my senior year so uh I went to Kapiolani uh, Medical Center, which is now in the Pacific Health, one of the largest institutions, you know, in Hawaii as far as medical. And I went there and I, I, I demanded that I get hired. <laughs> now. <laughs> I, was, I was 16 years old. I, I was blood. I was, I told, I told the, the director of uh, food service that I have six months food service working at, Jack in a box. I need this job because my girlfriend is pregnant and I will be here every day at one o'clock because I finished school at 12. And she basically said, if you miss one day uh, or you call in sick, sick during your probation, uh, I'm going to let you go. And I was there for 16 years. I worked at the medical center for 16 years. Yeah, man. I, uh, I bought my first home when I was like 22 because Man. I was able to, you know, uh, get credit. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, I was making more than my dad. I know, right? It's like nobody from where you were from ain't, ain't have no credit, right? Like you already made it out. There you go. I was like 20. I was like, yo, you qualify for a loan to buy your home out in Y&I. And I was like, wow, awesome. How much is the rent? I was like, you know, rent is your mortgage. Like this, I was like, oh, I can't afford that. You know, uh, the, the the medical center gave me an opportunity to learn and grow. And I, you know, I, I was there for almost 16 years. And, wow. and then, you know, one day I, I was like, uh, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe a little selfish at that time, but like mm-hmm. I, I knew that this is this is this wasn't it. Yeah, catching the boss every day, great job. I would have probably been if I stayed. I probably would have been there almost close to almost forty years now. Maybe yeah, most yeah, most fifty years I would have been at Kapilani Medical Center, and I would have had a nice retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but I followed my heart. Yeah, and I was like, I gotta do something that I love doing, and you know, I knew my boxing career was over, mm-hmm. so I had like, you know, I fought as a professional. I, so while I worked at the hospital at eighteen, I turned professional because I needed that extra money. Right, and I had like six professional fights, and then uh, I discovered comedy on a dare. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. I had the bug. I'm gonna be a comedian. Yeah. And 
so so comedians are entrepreneurs as well and you already had ambition so like with being a comedian and like working that craft and and the hustle that you already had was it something that you just obviously it was something that that fueled you you know or like tell us about your career yeah no i saw a guy uh who's an icon in hawaii do comedy when i was in the fourth grade and i was like that's what i want to do i want to make people laugh i've been always that guy that kid that you know uh was goofy that could impersonate other people uh you know and if you're filipino at any party if you had a talent you had to you know showcase your talent Mm -hmm. so my dad would be like hey Tell some jokes, and I would do impersonations of you know Howard Cosell, Muhammad Ali, you know guys that I grew up watching, uh, Bill Cosby, you know I was just this. I do local entertainers. I could in- impersonate a lot of local comics. Mm-hmm. So there's always that hidden desire to to perform, and uh, you know like I like I said with teachers and mentors, a teacher in the eighth grade realized that, challenged me to do a speech contest because I was flunking English and Miss Murakami uh, took time out to help me in this process. And I remember like, you know, preparing because I, because I wanted to perform, but I was nervous because only the nerdy kids do the speech contest, right? So I tell this story to young kids, but in the eighth grade, Miss Murakami challenged me because she said, I know you're a performer. You love to make people laugh. And you love to talk, uh, but you flunk in my class. So in order to get your grade up, you got to enter this speech contest. And I was like, speech contest? No, they do speech contest. But she took the time out. And she, she would spend time with me after school, help me go through this process. So I was confident. Already with boxing, I knew like, hey, if I work hard, whether or not I win or lose, I won already because... You know, I'm going through the process. And yeah. I remember eighth grade, man, walking in the back of the auditorium and then all these nerdy kids looking at me. And I was like, you let me punch your face now or after? <laughs> you know, because they was already judging. I was being bullied <laughs> by all the nerdy kids. Right, Charles? His kids are looking at me like, but I had something to prove. I was thinking that in my head, but like you guys don't realize that I'm ready and I'm just going to blow all you guys away. And then I open the curtain, the curtain opens and now we're in front of like, you know, 700 students and my friends in my neighborhood is all in the back going, get off the stage. (laughs) (laughs) You get busted because I was that guy that would go on stage just to be the the joke of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. I supposed to be. <laughs> I was like, man, I cannot win with the guys on stage, and I cannot win with my friends outside of the stage. And uh, uh, I just remember, like, you know, when the MC said, "Doing humorous interpretation, Augie Toba." I just heard the biggest roar in the back because that's when I knew that if you step outside the box mm-hmm. and you do something that's so out of the ordinary, you know. People either gonna be envious or they're gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's represent arms, you know what I mean? And then win, and then win, right? <laughs> win. 
Yeah, I, I, I remember walking over with my trophy, Charles. Everybody wanted to touch him. I was like, no, not, this is mine. I remember, I remember coming home and my dad was like, where you stole that from? I was like, I'm a status. I won the speech contest. But that was like, that was it. That was the fuel. That was the little fire that Miss Murakami sparked mm-hmm. that said, maybe I might be good at like talking in front of an audience, telling jokes, you know. Uh, so I was working at the hospital, went to a comedy club in Waikiki weekly just to go to have, build this courage to go put your name on an open mic. And then I, I went, I signed up, I did a doo-doo joke, <laughs> you know, uh, talked about, if you guys want to hear it, I, I talked about the first time I drank milk. It's, I, don't, I can't drink milk and made me, you know, so I, you know, I, I pooped in my pants. I was like, you know, mommy like third grade pooped in my pants. And, you know, and I was like, ah, I, 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 I grabbed my underwear and I try to flush it, you know, flush it because, you know, I was like scared. Yeah. I told this story. I was scared. So I, and you know when you flush something and then the water started creeping, the water started creeping back out because it won't go. Like and then I started like really like anxiety panicking because I saw this water like started you know, and then that's when the recess bell rang and then all the kids from you know like this water <laughs> and of course you know I'm going who did that? I was like I don't know who did that. I have no idea who did that. And then the custodian come run. It's a true story. Custodian come running in. You know, he has this like this industrial, like, you know, pump. And he, he goes, move, kids. This is where, like, you know, if you watch movies where everything slow down, he was like, they took this industrial stuff and it, wah, wah. And I looked down and I could see my, I could see my underwear like floating to the top. <laughs> I was like, Ah, this is, ah. Then he put on his gloves. Then he gra- he reached in and grabbed my underwears. And this is what happens when you're the oldest of five boys. Your mom put your name on the underwear and everybody saw Augie. And I became doodle boy from third grade on. Even when I graduated from Farrington High School, if anybody got a videotape, you could hear like when you know, Augie Toba, my boys was in the back going, doodle boy. And I was like, I could never get away. So I told that story. Yeah. And the Jewish owner at that time was like, uh, I don't know what you're saying because he's from the mainland and I was doing it in, you know, pigeon. Yeah. I, you know, I was just talking like on Broadway. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I was telling my story. I don't know what you said, but you made people laugh. Come back. I'm going to give you $25, come back. And I went back every Friday, Saturday. And, you know, I always tell kids, if you have a passion and you believe the Mm -hmm. universe hears you, like within six weeks, I started meeting all the guys I was listening to when I was growing up. You know, Bumatai, all the, 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 the main comics. I met George Wallace, who... 
I still have his card inside my car. And I met like all these guys that I saw like on Johnny Carson because they would come to the comedy club. Wow. I was like, oh my God. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I, and I never turned back, never turned, turned back after mm-hmm. that. I was like, you know, you know, and I, and, and comedy became a business and, and, uh, and I still work because again, being scared of where the money go come from. Mm-hmm. So I always had a job, Charles. And, you know, because I worried about, you know, my family, you know, so there's a side of me, you know, there's a, oh my gosh, I love it because you know, there's a side of me that's always playing it safe, even though I've been very successful. Yeah, it's you playing it safe, but you you taking risks before. You know what I mean? I probably take plenty of risks with your career. I mean, heck, you took a risk by going out there and putting yourself into poli- politics. I mean, that's a huge risk. But it's it's but it's all it's probably all calculated risks, huh? Yeah, like you know, I still need a job. Like that's so weird that it's taking up. So so you guys know. I'm a city councilman, but I still do marketing for a company called Sweep Strategies. I do marketing for uh, Champ Sports Bar and Restaurant. I also do radio, you know, and I'm still chasing the money because I'm worried that one day it'll all stop. Yeah. Like, like even, even when I knew, like, maybe, just maybe, if I went all out, full blast, Tunnel vision. You know, sometimes, and I heard this a lot. Wow. When your back is against the wall, Mm -hmm. when your back is up against the wall, you respond two ways, right? Give up or you move forward. And I I think I've always had a crutch. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I... I, I gave him my all, but I also knew, like, I have a job. So, it's so weird. All right, now. Yeah. So, yeah, like, so, it, you know. It, I mean, but, but look, where you, look where we came from. That's what, that's been mm. one, of the, that's one of the biggest things that I've had to go through is, I've had to release all these limiting beliefs that I had as a kid about money that there's not, there's never going to be enough. My mom used to say that money was hard to come and easy to go. That set me up to work as hard as I can for the rest of my life. You know? <laughs> it's like, what? Or money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Money is the root of all evil. Yeah. All of these different little beliefs that were implanted, instilled into my right. into my mindset. And it's like, I've had to get rid of each and every single wow. one. And it's, 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 uh, it's a process, but it's worth it. Because then you see like how abundant that you are and you believe in the creator. The creator has made more than enough abundance for all of us. I mean, look at you talking about trees, like the family tree, like it's about being fruitful and, you know, if you plant those seeds, if you sow those seeds, then you, you will end up being fruitful. But then that's the thing. Even if you get a, a small amount of fruit and you don't get a huge harvest, guess what those fruit give you? 
more seeds. Right. See, like, man, you are you are nothing but prosperity, bro. And because of the wonderful energy that you have and that you've been released into the universe, you're always going to be that way. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, yeah. It's, you got this. Yeah, dude. It's like, is that you're right. It's, you can never be satisfied with what you have. Mm. Right? Because you always had this belief that this is your limit. Mm-hmm. Watch it. Watch out for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Ah. Or like I, there was this thing, you know, those people are rich. You know what I mean? I'm not the type of guys don't guys that look like me or guys like me don't get rich. You feel me? Like stuff like that, you know, or the guys like me don't become wealthy. Like right. Those, those things have stifled my career at times. And we're, we're coming from being an educator, right? A teacher that wow. right always got my check on the first and the 15th, right? On time, on schedule, direct deposit right into the bank. So from going to that to, to then not knowing where my next client was going to come from, wow. that, that produces a lot of fear. You know what I mean? And now with you changing careers, you know, doing something that you've always done and that you've always that you've known for a long time now. I see, man, it only makes sense for your that old programming to go up. Oh, wait a second. Wait yeah. a second, Augie. Like, chill out, you know, like, you know, you, you're not one of those type of people that did this or did that and prepare for this moment. You might want to, might want to still prepare, you know, you might want to still rack up those, those, yeah. uh, that, that money. Oh, I heard it. Did I heard it? I heard it all through my career. You know, you're too local. Mm. What does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, uh, you can't relate to anybody else. And what does that mean? Yeah. You know, and uh, and I used to get so angry and so mad. Like, yeah, that's uh, y- you build layers of really either compromise or reasons, yeah, that stop you from like, you know. And when you mess up, it's easy to blame them because you know, or you believe. Uh, in the fib that they just told you. That's mm-hmm. their insecurity. It's so weird that we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's real talk. It's the Drop Your Baggage podcast, huh? <laughs> right. It's so weird. But, like, you know, it's, some, it's stuff that, you know, every business guy or, you know, uh, <laughs> that you hear it and you go, yeah, you know, you know, sometimes all it takes is, you know, talking. And, you know, and, and that's why, like, I believe in coaching. I believe in, uh, you know, because you never stop learning. You, you know, that, that's why, like, you know, I've been uh, excited to hang out with you for the last couple of days after hearing, you know, you're saying and, you know, your your energy, you know, you, 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 I believe people are connected, you know, uh, because it was supposed to be that way. Yeah. I, I I totally believe that. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. attract the people with uh, whatever you putting out, you know? So, yeah, no, I'm very, very appreciative that we even having this conversation tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you know, when man. You, hey, man, when you're around uh, city council and you're dealing with people's money, that place can be negative real quick. Yeah. You know, it's easy for look back at your own checkbook and go, why am I doing this? Right. And uh, easy but, to compromise, easy to, to start saying, how do I, you know, how do I find 
bigger and better. Mm-hmm. So when you know it's right there already, it's you have it. It's just perspective. Hundred <laughs> percent. The so like let let's let's back up, man. So <laughs> you said that you know you would go to these um, areas that were, you know, lower social class areas and you would do comedy or you do motivational speeches. And that started to build this urge inside of you to do, you know, to, to be a public servant. So mm. like, like, let's just, man, let's hear about it, bro. I, I want to know in 2019, you finally just said, boom. Yeah. It's yeah. Time. Had a conversation with the wife. Uh, you know, I was around, I think great politicians in Hawaii that loved people uh, that helped inspire me to um, do what I did. And then having a very uh, over-ambition, over-ambitious child who like changed the world and, you know, a wife that um, supportive, you know, we don't always see eye to eye on things and, you know, we have the typical, you know, marriage where like I come home and she's looking at me like, why are you here? <laughs> but at the, end of the day, at the end of the day, she's going to support and she knows that, you know, if you're passionate and, you know, you think you can do this, then go do it. Right. Uh, and man. I think, man, there's so much validation that happened. And and I, and I learned a lot about myself, too. Um, I knew that people were going to look back at my career and pick up things that maybe they might use against me, not even asking me where my heart was at at the time of doing it. Uh, I knew that I was going to get criticism. I knew I knew. All, and I and I said, look, I'm not scrubbing anything. Don't scrub my social media that I I never went on stage with a. A malicious heart you know everything was uh done because out of entertainment comedy and fun and i have nothing to be ashamed of uh, i never sweared on stage never um uh you never ever saw me walking out of places drunk you know so i was like you know i'm, I'm not perfect but i know like my heart you know, was never in a bad place where like I'm going to hurt and offend people. Uh, it was scary. You know, um, we never had the kind of money that my opponent had. Uh, mind you, my opponent was my senator for almost 20 years. I never saw one flyer in the 20 years come to my house showing me all the things that he's done. And all of a sudden, he has a flyer every week. And he thought, <laughs> you know, it's a million election Maybe I can beat this guy in the mailbox because he has no experience. And so I had to, man, I had to hustle. And I'm a competitor. You know, I'm a, I'm a fighter. Like, you know, there's a side of me like, hey, I'm determined to win. You know, I'm not going to half-ass it. I, you know, I uh, knocked on doors and I was worried because, you know, I was told, you know, that community up in uh, Mililani, you know, that's a tough neighborhood, uh, you know, mostly um, Asian and and white and you know uh, you know educated you know and so it was I had to deal with all of that and I always look at them and I'm like hey this is the same guys that came to my shows the last 20 something years I knocked on the I knocked on the doors and 
I remember this one older white gentleman came out and said, hey, I'm voting for you. And I was, this is really early on, like maybe the second week of, you know, um, campaigning. And I said, why are you voting me? Why are you voting for me, sir? And he said, you know, I watched your career maybe like for 15 years and, I, and I've seen your heart and I know that you're not going to, um, you're not going to mess that up between you and I. <laughs> Man. Right. That you talk about lighting on fire, you know, mm-hmm. I, after that, I was just kind of <laughs> knocking on everybody's door. <laughs> you know, that fear went away because just somebody said something that for a long time as a comic, first off, every comic is insecure. Mm-hmm. Every comic is mostly we're not narcissistic. That's why we love being on stage. Um, and and for me, it, it gave me some validation that maybe I might have done something correct. Mm. You know what I mean? And that because you, I would hear stories throughout the years, like you know, my family came, I saw you, my mom had cancer, and for that night, you know, you took all that hurt away because you're funny you know i had tons i talked about my gay sons and i had guys come up to me and go man i almost killed my son i wanted to kill my son but because i saw your act i went wow this guy can love his kids you know and those kind of things that i take heart in because i was challenged by all of that and it did challenge my character because i was i never grew up that way, you know what I mean? I, you know, uh, and it taught me, my kids taught me how to love unconditionally without judgment and without, so uh, running and, and, and talking to people really um, help understand, help me understand me, you know, and that I'm not perfect. I need to rely on people. I need to listen. And um, people are looking for a leader, but I think more than anything is, you know, are you compassionate enough to say you're sorry when you're wrong? Wow. Oh, you know what I mean? It's tough. Oh, bruh, you know I mean? that is huge right there. If we got that from, if we got more of that from government, Instead of this uh, persona where we all have to be perfect and never be able to like say, hey, you know what? I'm human. I made a mistake. You know, I was wrong and I'm grown now. I've grown as a person. Like, dude, like if we got more of that, a lot more trust would go into. Yeah. And uh, government also a lot more progress would be made. Yeah. I think and you and you and, you know, so I've learned. I've learned so much you know, in the nine months mm-hmm. being a elected official, get days where I wake up and go, why did I do this? Can I just go back to comedy? Uh, <laughs> you know, wait a minute. My staff makes more money than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I get those, I get those thoughts and then, and then you, you know, you get a, you get a, you get an email, uh, or you, you say something that resonates with somebody and, and you get a hey, thank you so much for speaking up. 
you know, uh, so for me, it's, it's so important for me to protect my heart. And that's yeah. why we were talking off there. Like just, it, you know, I get, I get depressed sometimes because, yeah. you know, I, I care about people and I, it's tough. It's tough. So I go, do I play politics? <laughs> Cause it's easy guys. Believe me to just rubber stamp and go in, play politics every day and just go along with the status quo. It's so easy to do that. But like, Man, in the meantime, our parks suffer. You know, um, we see the homelessness. We cannot afford to live here anymore. Uh, and, you know, we just sit around and not say anything or continue to let things go. No, I think, you know, uh, we stand up. We say what we have to say. And hopefully we elect people who care about what, you concerned about and what you care about, you know? Uh, and I think as I'm learning this new, uh, this new, I've been, you know, nine months, I went from, you know, uh, budgeting my home balance to budgeting a $3.5 billion budget. Yeah. Quite a, <laughs> bro, that's the, that's a jump. <laughs> I, I go, what? I cannot, I cannot buy ding dongs this week. <laughs> I can't get no ding dogs this week. No. <laughs> it's like, why are we spending money on here? What? What is this? Why? Where is ten million dollars going there? Right. That's too much ding dongs. That person should not have ding dongs. Wow. You you're seeing the back. You're seeing the receipts. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, the itemized version. Ooh. Dude, you know if. Uh, my whole thing is like, I'm all for good construction. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm a, I'm a physical conservative because I worried about money. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm more of a, a libertarian. I, I want less government. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want more, you know, choice. So, you know, and the nice thing about city council is, you know, it's not, you, know, it's, you don't have to be a part of a party. You know, it's about people, yes. you know, rolling up your sleeve and, and getting to work and, you know, making sure that the rubbish is picked up on time, make sure the water is flowing, make sure that, you know, the police is doing their job. We have EMS, the fire department. And that's the kind of stuff that I get excited about. And when I cannot get those services and we cannot get our parks clean, then I'm going to go, maybe you got too much ding-dongs in that <laughs> department. Because <laughs> if I can't get ding-dongs, you're not going to get any ding-dongs. And that's the, you know... <laughs> Cause once in a while, man, I want I want ho-hos too. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want ho-hos. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't get it. You're 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 walking the path that's like what do they call it? The path that's less walked. You know what I mean? It's that that path that not a lot a whole lot of people go on. Man, you're you're going on a way that is filled with integrity like we were talking about earlier that that's filled with the passion for where it needs to be at which is with the people and you want to you want that sense it seems like it seems like from what i see you want that sense of home just like you had back in the day you want that sense of home i think everybody wants that amen you know i think everybody um wants to want to have great dinners and great conversation and and 
and live in a neighborhood that's safe and, you know, um, and hope and pray that we have a government that thinks about people first. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, man, I think, you know, we relate more to a, a lot of everyday things instead of like looking at things political. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I totally, I mean, and, and there's so many things that we all can come together on. What I admire a lot right now are the different strikes that are happening. And it's like people from all sides, uh, you know, from right wing to left wing are coming together to do what they feel is right for themselves and for generations to come within a company. Like, I, I love that we all coming together and seeing like we may have our differences, but we can if we just take care of one another, because that's all we got here on this earth is one another. We can take care of one another. We can come together and we can do the right things. I think COVID, I think COVID exposed a lot of things that we already knew mm-hmm. that government not perfect. I think we already knew that. Right. Just, you know, COVID. Was the guy that COVID was the guy that lift up the rocket? We yeah. knew a lot of roaches under the <laughs> rocket, <laughs> ding dongs and ho hos and you know that's that's all it, you know. Uh, so I look at COVID like, wow, what a great time to learn and change mm-hmm. and 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 listen to each other, you know. Instead mm-hmm. of like, you know, I have all the answers, ah, you know, um, you gotta have that conversation. That's just being respectful. That's also hard with, you know, agreeing to disagree. Yeah. Why has it got to be so, you know, mean and and hurtful when, you know, it wasn't, I don't know, maybe we were put on dessert for beef, but like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't like the feeling when you're being confronted. Uh, you know, I, I don't like the feeling when I got to talk to somebody in a mean way. I just hate, I hate that feeling. So, you know, uh, I love the, the fact that we are having hard conversations. I love the fact that uh, we're seeing people come out mm-hmm. that normally would not, you know, and maybe just maybe I'm very hopeful that, you know, all the, all the strife and challenges, good people come out because at the end of the day, uh, we want to live in a better place, a better society, you know, a society that, uh, treats everybody and I know that's you know almost hard to believe but like I think if we start thinking that way mm-hmm. be more optimistic be more you know having being being people that's very optimistic yeah Juan your life is so much better when you like man <laughs> I'm ready to take on this crazy day but uh I'm gonna try to stay positive I'm gonna try to give me my ding dong and try to be happy <laughs> Hey, that had, that had to be a big price tag on those ding dongs, right? Those ho hos. It had to be a big. Oh, wait, <laughs> ah, I was on the store with my wife because my wife like going to Walmart, and you know Walmart is the cheapest place right now, right? I'm like, ho hos. So crazy! I love it. Hey, what's up, to all my baggage droppers out there? Look, do you want to be more productive? have more clarity, have more focus, and have more determination than ever? Or do you want to be more powerful? Really believing and conceiving your dreams so you can go out and take action and achieve your highest goals? Or do you want to have more peace? 
getting rid of those triggers of anger so you can have more self-control or moving from fear to limitless power or letting go of sadness so that happiness and gratitude can shine through you. Well, join the Drop Your Baggage Challenge and experience years of personal development, years of therapy, and have multiple breakthroughs instantaneously. Go to dropyourbaggagechallenge.com and join today. Don't wrestle with those negative voices in your head anymore. Join the Drop Your Baggage Challenge and silence those voices and totally shift your life forever. Go to dropyourbaggagechallenge.com today and totally experience a transformation in your life that you could have never even imagined. Are you up for the challenge? I know you are. Go to dropyourbaggagechallenge.com and join, and I'll see you on the other side. Peace. Hey, so on the Drop Your Baggage podcast, we talk to people that are dope, that can give you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope. Now, I am a trainer of neurolinguistic programming. Now, neurolinguistic programming is a mental martial art. You know what I mean? Now, just like with, with boxing, you know, you got your jab, you got your hook, you got your under, uh, uppercut. So with neurolinguistic programming in this mental martial art, it's a group of techniques that help you shift your mindset and get you into a certain state. So if you ever listen to a motivational speech, that can be a form of neurolinguistic programming. If you ever had affirmations like I can do this, I can do this, that's neurolinguistic programming. If you ever played a nice song, a great song to get you uh, you know, up and going and get you excited, that's neurolinguistic programming. So on this show, we do a certain technique that I love called mental and emotional release. Uh, and what it is, it's a guided meditation that helps you eliminate your negative emotions limiting beliefs, fears, and insecurities. Now, for anybody out there in the audience that would love to do this, please go to a practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, or you can always contact me. Go to my website, charleswolfork.com. Now, today, you want, like, we've been talking about all these different things, man, and, you know, and I, I it all came down to you being hurt and disappointed. You know what I mean? Like, just tell us, tell us about some of the things that just are confusing you and just giving you all these different emotions. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about how I feel like there's never enough, right? Yeah. And worried about finance when I got a good job, you know, but that, that, that worry of, um, not having enough yeah yeah it's always there it's always been there gives you anxiety oh a lot a lot of anxiety as it's at, at times it's uh difficult to sleep at night when you know taxes is coming mm. you taxes and you know i i i hate going to the mailbox sometimes because you know there's gonna be and I remember like hearing it from my mom and dad and, you know, I'm like turning into them. So weird, like how those little things, you know, uh, a phone call, you know, even when swiping your card, mm. you still worry about that, believe it or not. Right. So, That's like the small know, things every single day. Yeah. It's the most craziest thing. And I think it drives my wife nuts. Mm. You know, I'm constantly worried about that, you know, so. Oh, for sure. That's that's a big one. Um, 
like that's I'd love to let's get rid of that limiting belief then that there's never enough that went specifically so hurt and disappointment goes out the window there's never enough we're going to get rid of that limiting belief today that that fear today because I see it's it's messing with you bro let's get that off your chest so you could just be happier like how would you feel if that just if you didn't think that uh that thought anymore oh gosh not worrying about where the next dollar or the next gig or you know where i can just focus on like doing what i love doing like daily mm-hmm. not worry about you know two weeks from now the next paycheck and so you know when i fight for people and i go you know uh 42 of people in hawaii live paycheck to paycheck and i'm passionate about doing that because i know how that feels yeah even you know, when you when you got to take care of your family and you got to send them to school and you got to do all these things, whew, that catches up on you no matter mm-hmm. where you're at in life, no matter how successful you are. You know what I mean? So that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Too. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Let's get it. All right. So with this, all it is is a simple, systematic guided meditation. I do the talking, you do the walking, all right? So all you got to do are three things. You got to do three things. Number one, you got to use your imagination. Number two, you got to follow directions just like you follow a recipe or Google Maps. Got it. And number three, you got to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide and I'm going to be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. Awesome. Ah, Let's get it. Okay. Also, also, we're going to create an imaginary uh, timeline. So with your timeline, your past can be to your left, to your right, or behind you. So if you were to know, where's your past? Behind me. Where's your future? In front of me. Darn right it is. Let's get it. All right. So with this being a guided meditation, all you got to do is close your eyes. Oh, wait a second. Let's get back. Now, uh, is it all right with your... I'm I'm excited. (laughs) Is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this limiting belief that there's not... So there's not enough. Or there's never enough. Which one is it? Uh, Let me write it down. There's never enough. There's never enough. Sorry about that. Never. Or, yeah. What is it? Which one? Oh, right. I think it's like, you know, when you always worried on how or where the next one is, next thing is coming. Yeah. Is, uh, we just said it. Enough. There's never enough. Yeah. yeah. I got you. So there's never enough. So is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this limiting belief that there's never enough today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Absolutely. Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt as though there's never enough when you were just a little kid? Wow. Specifically, when I first saw my dad whip out a hundred dollar bill. You know, I went, wow, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, we get to eat. Everything's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was like, Yeah, and like everybody was happy. The whole house was happy. Uh, Dad was happy. 
uh, yeah, just that I remember the joy in the living room, you know, and because uh, we never had much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that was a, a very vivid, vivid memory of, uh, you know, I've had a lot of accomplishments, but like if you talk about like the first time, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like before that, though, there was like an anxiety. And it, how did that feel before it? Dude, anxiety. I was wondering, like, why are you drinking so much mm-hmm. when we don't have money? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, those, those, uh, yeah, those, those, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of that, you know, a lot of looking in the icebox, a lot of looking in the cupboard. <laughs> What's going on? That's, yeah, that's the one. That's, those are the ones. The ones where you, you don't have anything. You don't have enough at all. I want you to go back to one of those memories. It's easy. Okay. All right. Let's Let's get it. Okay, so with this being a guided meditation, all you got to do is close your eyes, relax, and let me know when you're ready for the process to drop your baggage. Ready. Awesome. Now, just keep your eyes closed until I ask you to open them later on. But right now, just imagine floating outside of your body as if though you were a spirit or energy. And just see yourself right here, right now, from a third-person point of view. Just hover above yourself, looking at yourself like a fly on the wall. See all your daughter's things, the screen in front of you, the fan above you. Think to yourself, what color is the floor, right? Let me know when you can see yourself. having a hard time okay no worries man got you got an amazing imagination don't you so just imagine floating outside of your body right here right now just right here see the green walls see the file cabinets to your right just see yourself glasses on screen in front of you let me know when you can see yourself right here right now Awesome. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above that first event in which you felt as though there's never enough when you were just a little kid and everything was gone. And just float above that little kid, hover above him, be the observer of the event like a fly on the wall. Let me know when you can see that little kid. All right. Now stay right there. Just be the observer like a fly on the wall. Just be the observer of the event. Now, just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. 
your unconscious mind can't preserve the learnings so that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learnings. This is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance. Forgiveness for yourself and others and acceptance of yourself and others. Who do you have to forgive? What do you have to accept? Who do you have to accept? This exercise works best when you display compassion and empathy for yourself and others. Focus your attention upon how you're a survivor. Hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage or whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. What is something positive and empowering you can tell that little boy and your dad and your mom and everyone else involved in the event with the consciousness that you have today that will allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. Keep up the good work, Augie. You're doing great. What does that little kid need to know? What does your mom need to know? What does your dad need to know? Who do you have to forgive? Who do you have to accept? What do you have to accept? Also, tell everyone how amazing your life is now. Tell everyone how much you've achieved. Make sure you tell that kid that you've never gone without. That the hard work that you've done and that because of the blessing that you are, that you've always had more than enough. Make sure you accept your dad's faults. You forgive him for his faults and to thank him for all the support that he, you've got, gotten from him as well. He may have been hurting on the inside. He may not have known how to express his hurt. But one big thing was he always believed in you. Even in those tough times, you guys made a way. Make sure to thank the creator for always looking over you, always being a blessing that you can do all things through the creator. You gotta talk to me a little bit. <laughs> Tell me how you doing. <laughs> doing good, man. Amazing how like I can, uh, I can see, you know, myself in front of the ice box, lights, you know, looking, looking in the ice box, 
not having anything. And seeing my mom and my dad. And telling telling myself that um, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Hugging myself. Mm-hmm. What'd you tell your dad? Yeah, I love him. Mm-hmm. I forgive him for nights of making me scared. Mm-hmm. My mom for not speaking up. Mm-hmm. I see myself hugging myself, you know, and I see, I see, I see, I see my little self. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel those old emotions? No, I just it feels calm right now. Awesome. It feels, it feels so a lot of hugging. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's it's about to get better. Okay. Now, keep your eyes closed. Now, just imagine mm-hmm. floating up above your timeline. And flow deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. Okay. Okay. Now, as you're above the dinosaurs, just imagine floating deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. Okay. All right. Now, just imagine floating right there weightless in space and ask yourself now where are the emotions tell me are they gone or have they are, are they there or have they disappeared now nothing awesome now just imagine floating down inside that first event looking through your own eyes as a little kid and check on the emotions tell me are they there or have they disappeared now yeah, nothing Awesome. Flow back above the dinosaurs and then float into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. Let me know when you're there. All right. Listen closely. Okay. Here we go. Float very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt as though there's never enough from birth until now in chronological order. Don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of that limiting belief that there's never enough all the way back to now. Go. Go on. Awesome. Flow down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) That was heavy. Yeah, yeah. And it's so much layers, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel? Good, you know, I, uh, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, 
find how I felt a couple of days ago. Uh, one of my last events was it took a 10 months of parking. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, wait, wait. it's 10 months of parking. You know, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of, you know, you're paying a mortgage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm trying, I'm trying to find because that's the last emotion I felt like. Oh, where I, don't, where I gotta find this thing? How I gotta go find them? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel now about it? Yeah. No, even like yeah. How do you feel about it? I, I don't. There's, there's nothing there. It's, 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 it's actually kind of weird to explain. <laughs> you know, in the, in those, um, you know, I, I. You know, I lost my 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 radio job. Like I said, you know, the, the day I ran for office, and I was like a, I started panicking. And then, there's nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Yeah, you're looking for it, aren't you? <laughs> Trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, because there's a lot of noise in my head. So, like, you know, just. Taking me back and like float. I was just having. I was having a, a in the beginning. It's a hard time, you know, just getting up and looking down and mm-hmm. just picturing even my my purple shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was I was wrestling with that. And mm-hmm. you know, think about the maybe the second time we were talking about my, you know, telling telling myself, you'll be okay. I think maybe the third time. I don't know how many times we went there, but like I think the third time I was like, I felt, I felt like I, I connected with myself. Yeah. Yeah. On a deep level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like it was. Yeah, I felt the emotion mm-hmm. more than any more than anything else. Like, I, I, I could feel. How scared I was mm-hmm. at the same time. I also could feel like you're gonna be good. You okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it uh, like a, a sense, like a sense of safety? Yeah. 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 I think I think when I smiled back, you know, yeah. eight year old boy smiling back to myself was. Very refreshing in, in in what I saw. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. I think it, I think with my dad many times it was more for me. I think connecting with me. Mm-hmm. And my mom is still around, and I can always tell my mom I love her and everything's cool. I I did that with my dad. He passed away, you know. Uh, but with me. Not enough of that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not enough of like, dude, be okay. Like, I don't say that enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried, Bean man. I'm trying, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find him. I'm trying, like, where, where's, where's this worry, where's this worry Bean at? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Gone. All right. So I got a test. I got a test. Okay. So can you can you smell bacon? <laughs> can I smell bacon? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Okay. I, I asked that question to get your mind off of the meditation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So 
can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion and go back and notice if you can feel it or you may find that you cannot. Okay. Yeah. I've been trying the last <laughs> 10 minutes, bro. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you, I want you to go out into the future okay. to an unspecified time in the future in which if the same thing would have happened in the past, you would have felt as though there's never enough and see, but it's the future now. So see if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot. I'm trying to find a situation. Yeah. Cannot. That would make me panic. What about swiping the card or a, a different. Yeah, I'm not uh, even thinking about that. I'm not even thinking about that. My biggest thing is that my taxes, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's like you said, it's it's hard to describe, but some people out here in the audience, they never went through this before. So mm -hmm. like kind of like tell them the feeling, the just like Yeah. Yeah, no, I wish I was laying down. You know, I, I probably would have gone. I would have probably uh went someplace else. You know, like come back, man, stop hanging out with the dinosaurs. You know, yeah. Because I, I, I love, I love, uh, you know, listening to you know uh, meditation and so. Yeah, and you know, and, and my, I have so much noise in the head, you know. So it's kind of cool to just, yeah, to, to see myself in front of that ice box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, it's awesome, dude. Because I'm, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to, you know, like find something. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. I'll probably will sleep a lot better tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awesome! Thank you, man. Of course. Of course. Appreciate it, man. Wow. Yeah. Like, do you feel peaceful? A lot of people say they feel peaceful. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you know, getting there for me has always been challenging to, to um, I could do it laying down. So this is challenging. But when I went there, it was and you know, seeing those things and like now, even now being being peace, being I mean yeah, there is there is a, a sense of peace right now for me. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Man. Augie, I gotta say like bro, you were you were telling story after story before this meditation. Now it seems like you're speechless, dog. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm done. no stories charles There's no stories yeah yeah so the negative uh, so i asked you before we went through this process the net like when when all those voices are just silenced you're gonna have a like it'll be a, a lot better for 
yourself as far as you being able to focus more on what's important, your marriage, and just you, yeah. you know, you being at yeah. peace. Yeah. I think uh, I got a little emotional, maybe like the th third or fourth time. I can't even tell you, you know, when, when, uh, I think it's maybe the third time where he asked to tell a little boy, you know, everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, felt good. <laughs> yeah, man, felt good. Mm -hmm. So weird because I was, you know, uh, I was with my staff today, and we were looking at they're looking at my old pictures, you know, and uh, so I saw a lot of that today. Yeah, yeah, and then even like the third time, like, you know, and even it, it, you know, like that that you know, like you say, like you know, we were poor, but like that's there are so much good things right mm -hmm. this, this happiness and almost worry like carefree like you know mm -hmm. i you know no not even spam we're looking at like <laughs> shucks nothing man. but like not knowing that all those little things added up all this you know, you don't want to ever be poor. You don't want to ever have nothing in your icebox. And how, like, who I cannot afford that. Like, it just triggers, 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 triggers. So, I got to trust in myself more. I got to mm -hmm. forgive myself more. Mm -hmm. I don't do that enough. Yeah, man. The, um, wow. Wow, man. The... Just I'm 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 speechless too, bro. <laughs> this is awesome, dude. Like, yeah, I know. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I was just so tor tormented today by a lot of things. And mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. So mm -hmm. how do I stay focused? Because it's easy, I think, for me to to, to be easily di distracted. Mm -hmm. what are your tips the, the tips on staying focused off yeah. of like there's never enough yeah well I, I i think it's easily can easily you know creep up again or you know i don't know you know i don't know i i, I like where i'm at right now <laughs> yeah, yeah well <laughs> the great thing about this process is this yeah. la this lasts forever oh awesome yeah so you you won't go back to your old mindset no okay. way that's awesome. That's you've you've totally shifted your perspective upon yeah. the things in the past and it lasts forever. Awesome. And as far as the <laughs> <laughs> and as far as staying focused, yeah. I would say it's more about changing your identity. It's like what does someone that's focused do? do? What do they do? What habits do they have? What mindset do they have? What do I look like as I mm -hmm. am focused? There's a there's a uh, there's a, a technique that I have. It's called a swish pattern. Okay. And in a swish pattern, what you do is you change the picture that you have in your mind from the old picture of what you used to do in that old identity to the new picture. I wanted I'm gonna do that with you. 
I'm gonna show you how to do it on. A, I'm gonna show you how to do it on your own easily. Yeah, yeah, that's no, awesome. Yeah, but, it's awesome, man. but changing that identity, changing your habits. Once you change your habits, you change everything about yourself. Well, guys, I I get you know, I hope whoever's watching this, uh, uh, do whatever you can to get a hold of Charles, and um, and. You know, it's, it's nothing like, you know, learning and experiencing um, new ways of, of changing who you are as a person. And, you know, uh, so if you're watching this, just do it. I cannot look. I'm not a I'm not an easy sell. Yeah. You guys know. I, you know, I made my career on, on, on selling stuff that I believe in. You know, I don't, I did that once where I just kind of sold out and it doesn't work. So I'm just going to let you guys know that uh, I don't, I don't sell anything that I don't believe in. So this was very, very, um, I guess I, I cannot explain to you guys that uh, anxiety I was fe feeling. Even like as I'm talking and you guys heard me tell my stories, you know, there's things that I'm thinking about tomorrow that I gotta go deal with. You know, uh, I'm not even I'm not even thinking about it. That's that's why I said to Charles, like, am I gonna sleep good tonight? Because I I, I have a hard time sleeping. So like, I like when I'm I like where I'm at right now, people. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take a shower. <laughs> I take a shower, and I, I might pass out tonight. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not thinking about. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. There's no more. There's no more. This, 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 this worry. I, I don't. That it. Yeah. Feeling worried. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to find them. I can't. Can't find it. So, guys, uh, you watching this, and he had asked to, you know, drop your baggage. Do it. Yeah, do it. Got you, man. Thank you, thank you, man. <laughs> thank you. Make sure you get all that student. Make sure your classroom is like dropping in baggage, so we can we can we can get good soldiers to help yeah. us in this in this in this fight to, you know, make our communities and our our island and you know, the whole world a better place so that, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I believe we're all born perfect and, you know, what we deal mm. with in our lives is created, created everything like who we are. And, and that's why I believe it the most. I believe what we did works because, you know, we are all born perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, I mean, I get you know. Hey, I, I, <laughs> I got you, bro. I Hey, thank you so much, Augie, for coming on to the podcast, man. I appreciate you allowing me to be a blessing tonight. Real yeah, talk, man. No, thank you. And whatever I can do, you know, uh, to help. Like I say, guys, if uh, you, you experience what I just experienced, tell your friends. You know, uh, let them know. 
Let yeah. them know that, you know, there's, there's real genuine good people that, that are here to do great things. Amen. You know, awesome things. So, man, I appreciate you. Amen. You uh, gifting me this tonight and uh, letting me sleep good tonight. Of course. <laughs> and thank you all so much out there for your attention and your love and support. I truly love each and every one of you all out there. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, please consider hitting the like and subscribe button. If you're on a podcast platform, give a brother five stars and some feedback. And, uh, you know, Augie, I just, I love you, man. Love and- you too, brother. Hey, and uh, you guys out there, love y'all. Take care of yourself. When I'm on Kauai, we hanging. Hey, for real, let's go. I'm taking you out to dinner. I'm coming in early just so that we can hang and and just hang out. Yeah. You know, we'll go hang out with Dr. Ken or whatever. And uh, we'll just hang out, man. Thank you. Let's get it. Hey, we're wrapping this up. Take care of yourself, guys, and take care of one another. Peace. Uh